0: Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. I'm going to try to do this very differently than the way I usually do this morning. Because I feel like it really needs to come across to us. And I feel like we really need to get it in this room. I'm going to tell you up front, the word I'm going to bring to you today is not an easy word. It's not an easy word to preach. It's not an easy word to hear. It's certainly not an easy word to receive. But I know in my heart, God had let me know earlier in the week what I was to share. But to be real with you, last night, up until probably about 1 o'clock this morning, I tried my best to change God's mind. I tried my best to change God's thought. I tried my best to change God's will. But about 1 o'clock, God finally told me, I told you what to do, just do it. So here we are. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through verse 15. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to share with you for a few moments this morning on this thought. The final event of all human history. And what I want to share with you is something very important today. And I pray if you are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and on your way to heaven, I pray you'll hear me today. I pray if you're backslidden or lost and away from God, I pray you'll hear me today. I pray that every person in this room will be very attentive to the Word of God today. Father, let your will be done. Let your Word go forth as you have meant for it to. Let hearts be receptive. Let minds be open. Let ears be opened. And let us receive, and I say us because I'm included, that we hear and we receive your word. And God, let each and every one of us leave different in some way. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn around and shake somebody's hand tell them you love them this morning and you're glad to see them today. Amen. I got to share something with you before I get started in the word today. Sister Barbara Thornton, stand to your feet. And she's going to get me for this, I know, but... When a woman does what she does, I think she ought to be appreciated for it. She visits the nursing homes every week on behalf of this church. And she gave me this the other day, and I thought it was astounding. She has visited in this last month 441 people and shared with them the love of God. Would you give the Lord a big hand clap of appreciation. Give Barbara a big hand today. That's all right. Stand to your feet. She deserves it. Give her a big hand. 441 people in a month's time. Thank you, Sister Barbara. Keep up the good work and keep following the will of God. Every life you touch is being changed for his glory. Amen. The final event of all human history. These verses describe the final event of all human history. God is putting the last period on the last sentence of the last paragraph of the last page. This is the final judgment of all who die lost and have never repented and never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I must tell you this, this is very serious. It's very important. It's very necessary that we understand. God never made a place called hell for people. And I might as well just get right on in to what I want to I need to share with you today, not what I want to share, but what I need to share today. God never made hell for people. Hell was described, for, or, or excuse me, created for the devil and his angels. And the people who wind up in hell will be those who reject God's way of escape. And they never accept the loving, saving grace of Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear this one statement, and I want you to hear it very well. God does not send people to hell. Sin does. God does not send people to hell. Sin does. And if we say no to God's saving grace, then there is no alternative to that place called hell. Because the only way you can escape that place is to accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ, to have the blood of Jesus Christ applied into your life. We cannot remain neutral, and we cannot ride the fence, as they used to say. We have to make a choice. It's either Jesus or it's the world it's either jesus or it's the ways of the enemy but i want to also say this to you god is love i made mention of that earlier in this service god is love and he loves us so much that he took our hail for us Jesus Christ went to the cross at Calvary and laid down his life. Why? That we might not have to go to hell, but that we can make heaven our home. And what we're reading about this morning is this. We are looking at the darkest hour of human history. And the Bible records it as what is called the great white throne judgment. Now I want to say to you again, this was not my choosing today, but God wants to remind us of some things. And I feel that we're living in an hour now. If we ever preach the truth of God's Word, we must preach it now. If we ever preach the entirety of the Word of God, we must preach it now. If we ever let people know exactly what the Word has to say to us, whether it's easy, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, we need to hear it and we We need to see it. Amen. And I believe we're living in a time now when God wants to open our eyes once again and let us see the reality of his word and see the reality of what is to come. Because according to Scripture, there is Eternity. And in eternity, there's one or two things. There's heaven or there is hell. And the Bible says that every soul will live on for eternity. We have no choice in the matter of whether our soul will live on or not. The day you took your first breath or the day your heart started beating, your soul came alive. And we have no choice or not whether it's going to live on or not. It shall live on. But the choice that we have is this. Will we live with God in heaven or will we live with a, with Satan and the demons of hell in hell? It's a powerful choice, but it's a choice every person has to make. All the lost at this great white throne judgment will be judged, and after the verdict is read, it is final. There will be no appeals, if you will. And I want us to look for a few moments this morning at this time that is to come that the Bible talks about. I want us to look at the aspects of that final event, the great white throne judgment. And there's some very important factors that we need to pay very close attention to this morning. First of all, the Bible talks about the courtroom, if you would. In verse 11, he calls it the great white throne. And I want to stop right there for just a moment. Those three words represent three very powerful things that we need to understand. First of all, great speaks of Power. The lost standing before this throne will be overcome with the incredible sense of power, awe, and fear. Some talk flippantly about what they're going to tell God when they stand before Him face to face. I've heard people make very bold statements and say, well, when I stand before God, I'm going to say this and this before the Lord. But can I say to you, the person who never got saved will not be able to do anything but weep and tremble when they stand before God. So many times we may speak boldly on this side of uh, uh, of the great white throne, but when you get to that place, all you'll be able to do is weep and tremble. Their minds will go back to each time maybe that they took the Lord's name in vain, or every time that they said no unto God. They may think back to when they made jokes about a place called hell, but they'll no longer be joking about it on this day. They may remember the way they used to think about hell and think that hell was going to be a partying place or hell was going to be a place where they were going to enjoy certain things throughout eternity. But the reality of what hell is really like will sink in in that moment. The reality of what it's going to be will be opened in their thoughts. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. In Hebrews 12 and 29, for our God is a consuming fire. How can we, how can we think we could ever stand before God without being anything but speechless? How can we think we could do anything before God but be speechless and tremble in his presence? Notice that at this judgment, when it begins, the disposing of the earth in verse 11, earth and heaven fled away. All will realize that everything they ever lived for on this earth will be gone. I want everybody in this house to listen to me. Those who stand before God on that day who said no to the Lord or never accepted his saving grace will realize everything they ever lived for on this earth will be gone. All will have passed. Everything they put before God will be gone their possessions their house their pleasures popularity fame fortune prestige their family their children everything will be gone in that moment and they will be left standing before god all alone and i want everyone in this house to hear this statement in the end all we have left is our soul that's it In the end, all we have left is the soul because the day will come when this body will go back to the dust of the earth from which it came, amen? When the rapture takes place and we go home to be with the Lord, if it takes place before we leave this world, this physical body is not going with us to meet God, but it's going to be the soul of man. So in the end, all we have left is, is our soul no wonder jesus said in mark chapter 8 verse 36 for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul what a powerful statement he said you can gain everything else but if you lose your soul what have you gained and so the word great stands for power then the second word there was white which speaks of purity this speaks of the unapproachable purity of our lord and savior jesus christ Why is that so important, pastor? Because many on that day will stand before God and they will want to say, I am a good person. Whether we're a good person or not is not questionable. Whether we're a good person or not is not going to matter in that moment. It's not going to matter in that time, but they'll be saying, I'm a good person. But that will mean nothing compared to the unapproachable purity of Jesus Christ. In that moment, the only way you and I can be pure enough to stand before God is to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's the blood that makes us pure. It's the blood that prepares us. It's the blood that changes who we are. In Isaiah 118, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Then in Psalm 51 and 7, Purge me, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. The third word there was thrown, and it speaks of, The potentate, if you will, which is a monarch or a ruler. And I want to say this to you. On that day, God will be in charge on that day. He will call the shots that day. God who sits on the throne, the powerful, pure ruler will be the one. The creator who allowed them every breath they ever took. The savior who died in their place. The spirit that convicted their hearts time and again, urging them to repent and be saved. He's allowed them free will to choose for years and years, but on that day, God will sit on the throne as the mighty ruler, and there'll be no chance. You know, the sad factor is, is there's many people today who have they've been given opportunity after opportunity to find Jesus, to come and know him as their Lord and Savior, and they've been given so many times to come to him, but yet in that moment, there'll be no time left. But so often we live as if we've got plenty of time and we live as if everything's okay and we don't have anything to worry about. But the reality is your heart could stop beating in the next second. The reality is the trumpet of God could sound in the next second. And when that happens, either one of those two, guess what? There's no opportunities left. 1 Timothy 6, 15, which in his time he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You will either put him on the throne of your heart today or you will stand before the great white throne on that day. Notice the last phrase in verse number 11. There was found no place for them. You know what that means? It literally means no place to run. There was no place to hide, nowhere to run, every excuse will be stripped away. When a man or a woman stands before God on that day, there's no excuse that will matter at that moment. There's nothing they can say that's going to change God's mind. There's nothing that's going they can say that's going to change the outcome. It's going to be one-on-one with God, the lost and their Savior at the great white throne. But then it goes further and it talks about the judge who will be seated there that day. In verse 11, him that sat on it, which sat upon that throne, who is is this judge of the universe is it the father no but the bible said in john 5:22 for the father judgeth no man but hath committed all judgment unto the son It is not God the Father who will judge men on that day, but Jesus Christ will sit upon the throne. And I want to say this to you. This is the Savior we read about in the Gospels who is called the Lamb of God, if you will. But on this day, he will no longer be the Lamb of God, but he will be the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He will be the Redeemer who is... He'll be the redeemer that was, but now is the ruler, the Savior who is now the sovereign. In Acts chapter 17, excuse me, verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. But notice there again, he point appointed a day in which he will judge the world. He is stating to us here that in that moment, Jesus will judge those who said no to his saving grace. This same Jesus who begs you to be saved now, this same Jesus who begs you to let him be your Lord and Savior today, will one day be your judge if you reject his saving grace. And the reality is there's no way out of it. There's no way beyond it. You cannot get away from it. Then the Bible talks about the accused who will stand there that day. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The big shots were there. The nobodies were there. The up-and-comers were there. The down-and-outers were there. CEOs and the lowest employees were there. Professors and the uneducated were there. Kings and the homeless were those that will stand before him if they die lost. You see, the reality is if you're lost and undone without God, it doesn't matter what rank you have in life, how high or how low, or where you are in the middle. The saving grace of God is the most important thing that can happen in the life of any individual. It's not the rank we've reached in life. It's not the highest, the lowest again, or somewhere in between, but it's the saving grace of God. In verse 13, this is the second resurrection, the resurrection of the lost. The first resurrection was for the saints, but in this second resurrection, it's going to be for the lost. And I want you to listen to this. In other words, it's not going to be whether they are guilty or they are innocent. It will be very clear on that day that they are guilty. This is not a trial to see whether they go free or not. It is not about allegations. This is making it clear why they are going to an awful place called hell. I want you to understand something. If you stand at the great white throne judgment, there'll be no backing away from the reality of where eternity will be, it will be a place called hell. I know we don't like to think it. We don't like to hear it. We don't even like to let that cross our minds anymore, but we have to think about it. We have to let it sink in. We have to let, it, let ourselves understand it because it is very important. It is very necessary. It's not my word, but it's the word of God. There is no appeal or there is no parole on that day. And the Bible said there are four groups of people who will stand before God at the great white throne judgment. The first category is this, will be the sinner, the ones who would not give their hearts to God, just would not surrender to the Lord. Then there will be those who are the self-righteous who think they will go to heaven because they live a good life. I want to say to you again, you can't live good enough to make it to heaven. You can't walk good enough to get to heaven. Your life is not in good enough order by yourself to get to heaven. The only thing that will get you to heaven is the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ being applied into your life. That's what makes you worthy. So we have to understand there's no righteousness within ourselves for the Bible tells us In Isaiah 64 and 6, but we are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags. Then the third ones that stand before him that day will be the slow deciders. Want everybody in this house to hear this? The slow deciders. They know they need to get saved. They want to get saved. They're going to get saved someday, but they just keep putting God off. But the Bible plainly tells us the road to hell is paved with good intentions. There's so many people today that tell themselves, well, one day I'm going to get in there for the Lord, and one day I'm going to get right with God, and one day I'm going to get my life in order, and one day I'm going to line things up, and one day I'm going to serve him like I ought to serve him. I know I hadn't been serving him like I should. I know I hadn't been doing what I ought to be doing, but one day I'm going to get things in order. One day I'm going to get things right. But you got to understand that one day may not ever come. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day for repentance. The Bible makes it very plain how important it is to deal with this situation in your life immediately. In Hebrews 3.15, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. In 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This very well could be the last sermon you ever hear. I know it's quiet in here, and it may get quieter than this before it's over, but this may be the, ver- the last sermon you ever hear. It may be the last sermon that ever crosses your ear. It may be the last sermon that you ever hear in your life. So listen close. And then fourthly, there'll be those that stand before God on that day will be the Sunday churchgoers, the ones who have their name on the church roll, but not in the Lamb's book of life. That's a tough one. People that have their names written down on the church roll book, but it's not written in the Lamb's book of life. Maybe it was, but they've separated from God. Maybe it was, but they've run from the Lord. Maybe it was, but they've hidden from God. Maybe it was, but they've found something else. But the Bible plainly says, you must be born again. We've heard this all of our life, but just because your name is written on the roll book of a church does not mean you're saved, and it does not mean you're on your way to heaven. You must be born again according to the Word of God. And I gotta ask you according to this are you do you fit in any one of those four categories? It goes further in this passage of scripture. It talks about the evidence in Revelation 20 and 12, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. If you are lost and you're away from God, it is very important that you realize God is recording everything about you. What do you mean, Pastor? God is recording your works. He's recording your sins. And on the day of judgment, nothing will remain hidden before God. The books will be open. Every word and deed will be Answered for. Everything we said, everything we did will be answered for. In Psalm 139 1 and 2, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou hast known my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest but my thoughts afar off. In Ezekiel 11 and 5, and the Spirit of the Lord fell upon me and said unto me, I know the things that come into your mind. Every one of them Then in Psalm 139 and 4, for there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Then 2 Chronicles 16 and 9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. In Matthew 12, 36, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. That's tough that every word that comes out of your mouth, Luke 12, 2 and 3, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in, the closet, in closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetop. So what's whispered here shall be shouted there. Every word, every deed and every thought will be. listen to me, I said this in the men's class, and I'm going to say it to this church. You can't always help what crosses your mind. You can't always help what goes through your thought process because the devil's going to put all kind of stuff through that highway. But what you're held accountable for is what lands there and you ponder on. You can't always help what the enemy crosses through your mind and through your thoughts, but it's what you allow to land there and take root there and take hold inside of you. That's what you're held accountable for. So we have to understand and we have to realize we're not held accountable for everything that crosses through, but what lands there and what gets a hold of us is what we're held accountable for. So the words, the deeds, these th- the thoughts that we allow to land and take root that are not right. Jeremiah 1710 said, 17, said, I, the Lord, search the heart. Then it said in Revelation 20:15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If you've been saved, your name will be in the book of life. But if you have not, it will not be there. And on that day it will be too late. On that day, it will be too late. On that day, there will be no defense. What can you say? There's no denying the evidence. It's all there. Every single detail. Some may say, I know what I'll do. I'll throw myself on the mercy of Jesus and say, I believe now, Lord. Jesus, please forgive me. Save me now, Lord. I believe now, Lord. I receive now, Lord. But there'll be no mercy on that day. It'll be all judgment on that day. There'll be no grace on that day. It'll be all judgment that day. There'll be no release on that day. It'll all be judgment on that day. And I want to say this to you. Colin, if you will come, get ready to play softly. If you want grace, you can have it now. If you want grace you can have it now. If you want mercy, you can have it now. If you want the joy of the Lord, you can have it now. But on that day, the lost will hear these words. Depart from me. I know you not. On that day, the lost will hear. Depart from me. I know you not. Final scripture, Revelation 20 and 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in to the lake of fire. Whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast in to the lake of fire. I want to close like this today. Today is the day of grace. Today is the day of mercy. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of forgiveness. Today is the day of joy. Today is the day to find your rightful place with your God. Now is the moment And this day, through the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ, I extend the mercy and the grace of God to your life. I'm going to tell you the realities this morning. The realities is this. Most people will sit back and hold hardly to the back of the pew and not release themselves to move forward if God convicts them. Because we don't like to step out and admit that we've walked down a road. Or we don't like to admit that certain things are not right in our life. And we don't like to admit that certain things are not in order. And we don't like to admit before other people that something may not be quite right. And I promise you this, this message is not meant to judge anybody in this room. I don't have a right to do that. There's people all through this room today as I have preached this word that conviction has gripped your heart, it has gripped your life. You may be lost and undone without God. You may be away from the Lord, you may be backslidden. But yet you may be a child of God who has been struggling, that the enemy's been fighting with you and the enemy's been warring against you and he's trying to pull you away from where God has you. He's trying to pull you away from God's plan for your life. He's trying to pull you away from God's purpose in your life. And you've allowed him to pull you to the place that you can't hear God clearly anymore. Won't you stand to your feet quietly and reverently all over this room? Please, nobody walking out. Nobody walking out. Just a moment, Colin, if you will. Nobody walking out. I know I called him forward, but I got to do what God said to do. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes all through this room. I don't know how to be any more real with you this morning than what I've been with this word. I told you I tried my best to change God's mind last night. God would not let me. It's going to take some realness today. I said it's going to take some realness today. But I'm asking you, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed, don't be whatever. Sometimes we have to make hard choices in life. Sometimes we have to make hard decisions. Sometimes we have to man up, man or woman up. Sometimes we just have to put our big boy britches on and move on. There's some tough choices that need to be made in this room today. I said, There's some tough choices that need to be made in this room today. But the way I see it, you only have one choice. There's some tough choices that need to be made in this room. But the way I see it, you only have one choice. Today is the day of grace. Today is the day of mercy. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, without fear, without ashamed, or with anything. If you're in this room and you feel the Spirit of God pricking at your heart for any reason, whatever it is, you feel the Spirit of God tugging at your spirit right now, would you get out of your seat right now? Come down the nearest aisle and come and stand. Or kneel in this altar right now. No music, no nothing. If you feel God moving on your heart or your spirit, get out of your seat right now in this room. I haven't given an altar call like this in a long time. Oh God, I feel such a heaviness in this room. It's time to man up. It's time to woman up. It's time to get real. I mean, it's time to get real. I'm going to go ahead and speak to somebody while I'm here, friend. You can keep playing the game, but the game's going to destroy you if you're not careful. You can keep walking the road you're walking, but that road's going to destroy you if you're not careful. You can keep living like it really doesn't matter, but one day you're going to find out it really matters. You can keep living like I got plenty of time left, but one day you're going to find out you don't have time left. I'm just talking real to you because I love you. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't talk real to you, but I'm talking real to you because I love you. Heaven is real. Hell is real. And there's no getting out of it. You're going to one or the other. I didn't talk much about hell today in this aspect. Do you want to know what it is? The Bible said there'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. The Bible said there'll be torments throughout the endless ages. Torments beyond anything we can imagine. Listen to me. If you're running from God, don't you to hear me. If you're running from God and you don't give your heart to the Lord today, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go home and light a candle. And I want you to take your finger and I want you to hold it into the flame and see how long you can keep it there. See how long you can keep it there. Don't hurt yourself. Don't burn yourself. But see how long you can keep it there. My guess is you won't keep it there one second. But that's what hell's going to be for eternity. And if I read my Bible right, and I'm going to share my heart with you while I'm here, I may not get another chance. This may be your last message. It may be my last time. If I read my Bible right, you'll never get used to the flames of hell. It will always be Like you just got there. It will be so excruciating beyond anything you can imagine in your mind, and it'll never stop, and there'll be nothing you can do about it. Think of the most horrific pain you've ever gone through in your life. And remember, you couldn't wait to get some kind of ease from that pain. In hell, it'll never come. I'm talking to you because I love you. I'm talking to you because I love you. It's heaven or it's hell, and there is no in between. And friend, you will live on there one way or the other. Today is the day of grace. Today is the day of mercy.